Bobby. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me now? I can definitely hear you. You remember those old school commercials that they do, like riding the donkey around the desert, like a, like a singular commercial? Can you hear me now? Good. Uh, yeah. And it was like their <laughs> thing was ad signal everywhere. So, well, all right, man. I think you're episode 52. 52. I've got two episodes I have not yet uh, finished. Well, one, I finished editing and rendered. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks doing all this yourself. I can that's, only imagine. That's, well, um, working out new logistics on things all the time. Sure. And getting down to where, because like right now I just do the shows at random. But mm-hmm. when we get at the uh, new location, I'm going to... I've got kind of a, some scheduling ideas I'm going to start ironing out okay. with uh, like we're going to do it just a music unraveled episode once every month. That's going to be the plan. Like some stuff like that. Cause I do five different shows. Okay. And so like when you do your music unraveled, is that, uh, we listen to a record, um, or an album okay. like tomorrow. We're so going to, there's not live music. Or anything like that. No, but also we'll review concerts. Okay. Okay. And then the plan too is like Dylan's going to help me spearhead. This is we're going to get set up to where like I'm moving all my audio equipment. I have a lot of pro audio gear mm-hmm. into the new studio and we'll get set up where like I like there's a local band, for example. I had one of the guys on my podcast. I know the other two guys, they're historians, um, at tech. And it's like they have this band, they're playing at the old bank, they're called Black Sabbatical. But just like, hey, you guys want to come on? I'll do a podcast with you. For, we'll talk for 30 minutes or something and then you guys play one of your songs there you go you know and, and have uh so like we're gonna just iron that out to where like we'll just do one episode of that with like a it'd be like honestly like a tiny desk concert it'd be like an unraveled unplugged type thing yeah mu- music unraveled is just what we ca- what i call it and i've got like the you know it's a different logo different show mm-hmm. um i had natel on a while back he's just like a local musician okay. from um it was dark from day one. I think they just call it day one now or from day one. Indie type music or? Uh, kind of kind of like, kind of uh, rock, but like maybe progressive rock. I don't know how to best describe it. They He plays like a seven string guitar. Like, so like Korn plays a seven string guitar and, oh, wow. and, and I, other I've bands too. Of that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, it's different. That's so crazy. like, um, yeah, it's like a, uh, you know how uh, are you familiar with bass guitars mm-hmm. like, a lot of them have four strings right. i don't have any five string basses but the fifth string is like the the biggest okay woven string or whatever so that's like how it is on a seven string to my knowledge i could be okay incorrect. so it's your deepest note or whatever. yeah yeah i saw i saw an eight string guitar the other day blew my mind i was like, i didn't even know that was the thing that's crazy yeah um it, stringed instruments are fascinating though so. well you know i so when I went through my first divorce, I bought this nice Tama drum kit, you know. And I, yeah. And I thought, man, I just need to refocus, you know. I, I always had the martial arts, but I thought, well, I want to start drumming or something. So I always thought that was yeah, cool. Yeah, percussion's cool. It is cool. And, uh, man, in order to get good at something, as you know, you have to really dedicate a lot of time to it. Yeah. And uh, I just ended up selling it. Yeah. It's it funny. <laughs> this, this guy had, had uh, gotten in a car wreck and lost his arm, and he ended up buying my kit from me you know the drummer from Def Leppard I know it. has yeah, one arm it always reminded me of that you know I, I honestly here's my thing on that like playing kit style is hard I think and I'm not saying other percussive instruments aren't but I've got bongos congas couple of djembe's mm-hmm. and I used to have a cajon that's like this box you sit on and you hit like it sounds like the snare when you hit up here in the corner and you hit in the middle and it sounds like the bass drum and I feel like that's that's the stuff that we can naturally sort of do. You get to being like, okay, do this with your foot, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Do this other thing with your hand uh-huh. and then add that. Oh, I know. Like I can do this, but when I start trying to add the foot in, dude, it ain't happening. <laughs> Three things at once. Like what is this Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Oh man. It's like, well, you got both feet, you know, it's not just one foot. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's well, that's what always too fascinated me. I remember trying to learn. It guy taught me some things about playing on a kit when i was a kid at church and it always fascinated me how he was doing three things at once but on his um hi-hat mm-hmm. he would set it to where he would use the the foot pedal on the hi-hat too uh and add like a little layer of complexity with it and i was oh, yeah. just like you bought my mind dude doing like four or five things at once it's it's pretty pretty neat did you did you get set up to like listen and play at the same time when you were practicing no i mean i, I would play music and play along with the music you know but i didn't have anything yeah apparently 
that's one thing that, that helps nice. is going with like a an in ear or a, a real nice studio headphone. I can see how that would help. I I need to get set up to practice more. I got a looping pedal, and I would say that has been revolutionary because like. Honestly, my opinion, if like you wanted to get good at drums, I, well, maybe not on drums, but like this is the case for me and guitar and a guy that I show a lot of stuff to on the side right now uh, who I work with. It's like you get together with somebody and y'all play together, then you both get better is usually, sure. and you get better at playing accompaniment. But that's how, I, that, that's how I've improved drastically is just getting to play. So the looper allows me to be able to, I'll Seems I'll do just two or else. three or four chords, and I'll I'll do that on one guitar, and I'll set the loop, and then I'll unplug, and I'll get the guitar I want to play lead through, and I'll practice playing my nice. scales and my leads, and that's something I've just been teaching myself as like a thirty plus year old adult is the the lead side of the guitar. I played for like fifteen years, dude, and I was just always like, oh, it's too hard. <laughs> I could never do that. It's true. I always wanted to take guitar lessons. You know, I bought myself a guitar a few years ago thinking. I was laid up with my uh, hip replacement, and I thought, well, yeah. I'm do something. So it's it's I mean, well, okay. So how did you best learn martial arts? Like when you're getting your karate bike belt? You know, I just got out of the Marines, and I met a guy that I started this new job with, and I made a comment about how I'd whoop his ass or something like that, and he kind of laughed or whatever, and you know, like I insulted him, but then when he laughed, he kind of insulted me. Yeah. So. You know, I do that to know, people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so we kind of talked a little bit. And, and then um, he took me to his karate school, you know. And and uh, as soon as I walked in, it felt like home. I was like, wow, this is what's been missing my whole life, you know. So I never, you know, they're like, oh, here's, you know, the introductory period or whatever. Just show up in sweats or whatever. And I was like, no. I said, I'd like to get a gi. You know, this is, it felt, it felt like home. I felt to say, dude, I, I just, just I always training. wanted to train when I was a kid. Yeah. Did you? And yeah. you just never I did just, it? I never did it. I was always a fat you know shy kid or whatever so me too i um, was until and then i started playing football right and that got me in some shape and, and, and got me school. protection alliances but also like i've been talking to core about this like that whole world of team sports even the team sports some that are individual you just get the this weird culture in there the locker room culture and the and see i even felt like an, an outcast playing football but at least i got in shape you know um I got in, I went from like 240 pounds in the eighth grade to 170 pounds in high school. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah that's just, huge. You know, lifting man. weights and, and, uh, you know, just always being in the gym and watching what I eat. And, yeah. And then I thought, man, join the Marine Corps. And, and so it really, it really changed my life, you know. And then in the Marines, I met a guy who was a martial artist. And I thought, well, whenever I get out, I'd like to pursue martial arts. And that, I ran into my buddy, Craig Habib. Uh, and he took me to the school that he trained at and you know luckily where where was his first school at um, at Fresno California okay yep. um, and you know, way Japan under Robert Halliburton who passed away in 2008 um, but uh, it was a great school and so as I started training and got more experienced and better um, I thought well, how do I know this is a good school there's so many schools out there you know and so I started checking some stuff out and, and going to other schools and I thought you know what I landed in you know, it was a very live school. We did a lot of hard sparring, um, a lot of fighting. You know, I mean, I yeah. What do you think about that? Well, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, it was it's been hard on my body over yeah. the years. You know, I ended up having this front tooth knocked out. I had, I had, I had, had my dad when I was wrestling with him as a kid. What's funny is like I had my tooth knocked out wrestling with my dad <laughs> as a kid, and nothing like that has happened since I've been doing really? jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. About yeah, my biggest injury doing jujitsu is probably just joint stuff you know elbow nagging elbow and i've had like a neck pain from a pinched nerve you know yeah 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 did you, you do so well at um your, your your game and your strategy for um don't take this wrong, but like your age man like you previously yeah. oh, were the guy that you we could say you were the oldest guy we had yeah. to, but like when jack was on the podcast he was like that, that dude's pressure is great but i will say like dude it, there's that is uh i've been rereading the book of five rings oh nice. and it's like that's the thing that takes like for me like he's like this is the i hit you once and you die technique <laughs> like you can't move right. like that is like and he's like massage like that takes the longest to develop but it's like you already have that but then too like this last time we rolled i felt like there was a moment when you conceded 
versus holding on out of a like a preservation and i was doing something like passing your guard to yeah. the windshield wiper pass. yeah but i was like you know i had like i had kind of your hips immobilized and stuff mm-hmm. and you kind of moved and let me go by because you're like oh well, we'll fight. i'll fight the next battle with him of not letting him get side control right. but allowing my legs to be able to move more and dude that's like the stuff that i notice like i'm only fighting on that level right now i'm like oh i, I don't even mobilize my hips i'm just gonna let you move by because i can't do anything right and uh, as you move by i got this other point catch something else up yeah but there is a there is a moment i feel like of concession or giving way is how they were talk about it in in jiu-jitsu intercepting whatever you and it's just like but there's also a time to like stick you into the floor or stick you with a strike you know and that's and there's so many methods to do all that like my biggest hang up right now well forever has been I don't have any submission strings, you know. Like I like I try and play the top game, you know. My whole thing is if I can get on top, yeah. be on top, stay on top, you know, work that pressure until I can until something, you know, reveals itself that I can, you know, either choke up or or you know, submit with some type of arm lock or whatever, you know. What's your preferred go to? What you, what do you like to submit with? Anything from side control, whether it's a step over choke. I really like that I like one. I step over choke too. Yeah. I'm I, I was trying to do one from half the other day. And somebody's able to get their knee shield kind of across mm. like a Z guard and break it. But I mean, I was just working ankles on that when we nice. rolled. I guess it was Monday. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, anything that has to do with an Americana or Kimura. Dude, I know. Right. So, They're so high percentage. I feel they like. They are. And, but like, I feel like it's kind of a crutch, you know, like I need to not do that. So I'm trying not to do that. And, uh, Here's like, so like this strategy talk, right? Cause that's like the, the book of five rings is all about, oh, he's yeah. like, this is not about sword fighting. It's about strategy, but we're going to use sword fighting to talk about strategy, you know? But it's just like, that is, um, you take something like a Kimura, mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a template for all of jujitsu, right? Like people come up with that Kimura trap system or whatever. Uh, but the Kimura being, um, for people are watching my, my, um, or listening my arm is uh turned going horizontal with the floor and turns 90 at my elbow and my arm makes an l facing down come on you just look it up on the internet but let's say you have somebody in a north south kimura mm-hmm. like randy would put you in a reverse triangle yeah. and then like he did to me last night i didn't tap i got out actually <laughs> the bell rang i didn't get out but um y- you know you take somebody else like i remember one time i was rolling with john and he's pulling up on that north south kimura and then jumped onto a leg lock from north south and i was like whoa and i got i put up a while back like from a north south kimura i dis i dismount over to side control and i do like an arm over but it's like that's how i've kind of since i was probably about as far along as you are right now mm-hmm. in my rank like mid-level blue belt time or however long that mm-hmm. was right real similar i started being like Omapata is probably the first one I saw, which is like a Kimura with the legs for people. Into. But I was like, man, I don't get a lot of Omapatas. I I put people in it because that's what I've ta- been taught to do. But man, I get so much follow up stuff, and I see so many options from this Omapata. Yeah, see, that's where I'm not at. Like, I don't I don't have the flow. Like I said, I get on top. I when I watch other people roll, it, it's pretty dynamic. You know, depending on who they are. Yeah, and really impressive. And I know I've never watched myself roll. Um, but there, there's not much to it because I just I I try and slow everything down, and I don't know if it's a product of my age and my ability or or just my size. But you know when people are rolling, I want to I want to stop you from doing what you're doing and slow everything down to that's, my face. That is the and game, dude. That, that's that's my game. I want to, but I want to be able to flow. I want to be able to to be more dynamic, and I just I haven't unlocked that yet. So okay, so like back to what got us down this conversation, like. How do you see stand up being the same, right? You have in a background of stand up because that's like, like reading this book, Five Rings, for example, he's like, yeah, it's like a strike is a strike, whether I have a short blade, a long blade, mm-hmm. my fist, or whatever I'm doing. But it's like, what sort of crossover principles have you seen? Like, as far as crossover principles? Like when you're not hitting, yeah, is that right. like flow and jujitsu, but like you're, you're evading? You're, you're, but you know, I know there's this, it's, there's disconnection, but I think about this all the time from this. I do stand up every day and mm-hmm. I do jujitsu every day. And so 
so for stand-up, you know, there's the, the sin no sin game and the go no sin game where one is like overwhelmingly um, offensive. Yeah. Like here we are, we're standing up, I'm gonna control the timing and distance and then when I want to, when I see just the slightest weakness or I perceive a weakness, um, I'm gonna attack you straight on with everything I have. And so I like that in jujitsu, like if we're standing up or whatever, um, I'm gonna decide when we're going to the ground and I'm gonna get on top and I'm going to start uh, really being offensive, looking for something. Um, but man, that that's a lot of work on the ground. Standing up, it's so much easier, you know? Um, and then the opposite of that is, is to wait until you're fighting defensive until they kind of penetrate your defense and then you flip the switch and now you're gonna be offensive again. Yeah. And so right now, that's, I've been kind of doing that because uh, you know, I had a little nagging injury there with my leg. Um, so I've been starting from the ground a lot. I just started standing again. Um, and so I've been letting people kind of work their way onto me. And then I, you know, I'm trying to manipulate their hips and their legs to where now they can't get on top of me. Yeah. Now I'm yeah, yeah. Try and turn things around and get on top of them and pass their legs. And, and there's people that are really hard to pass. Yeah, Josh Root is really hard to pass. Dude, that guy's good. He's really I'm glad good. he's coming in because he'll elevate the level of yeah. everybody around. Yeah. And he does. And I'm, so I'm trying to, you know, he likes to do butterfly guard. And so I've been trying to work on smashing one of those butterflies down mm -hmm. with my weight. You know, just yeah. if I can get that one, if I can get his legs pinched together to one side, I feel like, okay, that's a victory for me. And then I'll start working from there. But I mean, he, he's so good. He'll, he'll, he'll get out of it, but. How much do you lead with, uh, so this is something I've noticed in like the kendo, in the Aido that Roland has showed me. How much do you lead with your hips and your stand-up? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Roland's always talking mm -hmm. about that. He's like, you oh, know, I'm leading with my hip when I'm going to do this, when I'm doing this. And he talked about it from judo a lot too. Mm -hmm. I lead with my feet, meaning I'm attached to the ground, right? I can't move without, I mean, I can't fly. So, yeah. you know, you're always pushing off with your feet. You know, there's, there's, basically three ways to, to, to move in stand-up you know it's by shifting shuffling and stepping and, and that the, those also cover the the three different uh distances you know shifting being the shortest distance shuffling being medium distance and stepping being long distance and, and you can do those in any direction you want to do yeah um so it's all about foot movement and being connected to the ground and then from there you know you're rooted to the ground and then your hips start the trunk Mm -hmm. your hips all the way to your shoulder girdle is, is the the strength of your technique you know but it all comes from the ground see i've not i started like rowan is talking about that with like weapon stuff of just like he he engages his hips all the time and tring has talked about it a little bit with with some like when well, you got a lock acquired and stuff but Brent, did you you came to the brandon mccatherine seminar mm -hmm. right yeah he talked about that a lot too. Like, let's say, like somebody, like, uh, like how you probably might be pinning Josh Roots, uh, butterfly or whatever down is like by kind of backing up and then like leading with your hip in a way. Sure. But I started doing that so much more. Like getting uh, Hickson was big on that. Really, that's probably the first place I saw it. But like putting your hip bone like on this front here, like that's that. Interesting. Yeah. On something I and like then that. just going like that being a point of connection. Like we use like uh, this guy Daniel O'Brien calls your shoulder knuckle. Right <laughs> shoulder here. of death yeah because like dude, thank you sometimes you you put that on somebody like side sure. mount or something uh -huh. or you maybe post up on it yeah yeah and see i've used that but i've never really considered the hip as being a, a point of contact on, on your opponent i like that yeah i like that where i like is i get beside somebody let's say this is your face uh -huh. and i go around their mm -hmm. body and i pull, pull my hip into them like how we do the hip throw mm -hmm. and that man i use that principles everywhere now i like that this is a way of strategy. Yeah. That is that's one. But, um, man, it is because we could just talk forever. And we really, we could talk forever and we haven't figured it out. Oh, I know. And then, but all that talking is great, but, you know, it's nothing without putting it to use. Yeah, cr yeah. indeed. Indeed. Or, and so here's my thing is like putting it to use uh, everywhere. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. Of like people put so much lip service into, yes, martial arts just made my life, you know, <laughs> the skills in my life better. Like, and it, you know, well, okay. How? Yeah. How? 
Yeah, you know, well, I always had to say exercising. Like I was working out at St. Mary's right before this, and it's like I, I just tell people now, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the gym, and I still have to go do cardio. Mm-hmm. Like, but just the, for my wellness. Sure. Oh yeah. You know, so there, there's that, and man, like, I was just talking with Kristen Foster yesterday. It's like, how much stuff do you have shipped to your house? Because Cora's doing Walmart pickup right now. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm, I'm like. I'm like pretty much getting set up to not leave this place or the, or the gym, you know what I'm saying? So, but then I, you know, having a good routine where you get these, like the gym is like a lot of people's like social hour. Mm -hmm. It it becomes so many things for people, man. It's, it's wild. Well, you know, back when I was, you know, single and young and, and, you know, training stand up exclusively, it was, it was everything, you know, the dojo was, you know, um, I was there almost seven days a week, you know, and, and like, uh, Christmas time, New Year's. I would spend every New Year's Eve at midnight at the dojo just training by myself, hitting the makiwara, you know, making my knuckles bleed and just. And to me, that was, I, I loved it, you know. And I would, I would jog to work, and I would carry a rock in my fist, and I would just punch that rock when I'm jogging to work. Um, when I started fighting fire, um, I freaked a lot of the guys out because I like solitude. Um, so we'd sit down for a break or whatever, and. I'd find myself a perch on a rock and I'd go find a rock and I'd just pick it up and start punching that rock. and Like inside your closed fist? Nah, you, like, you would, like a, a nice smooth river rock. I'd hold it like yeah. this and I'd punch it with my other fist and then I'd switch fists, you know. And just Do you know who freaks me out when they hit something? I bet your son's the same way, but Dean Plank, dude. One time, the last gym location. Okay, did you come to the 2300 spot when we were in the strip mall? No, no. That okay. one, I, I remember seeing it when I would come to town. Yeah, you know, I lived in Mountain yes. at the time. When you guys moved from Force of One, you moved to that strip mall. Yes, spot. yes, yes. And I never, I couldn't every remember time I'd go if by that, there, you guys were close. When that I'd corresponded. Come on the weekends and stuff. Because you came in like right after we moved to this spot. Yes. Pretty yes. much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in fact, I tinkered around and helped build like one of the bulletin boards here at Force of Three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. So yeah. It was me and I met. Uh, Jamie Harold, maybe? Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I remember that day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, I loved it, man. Uh, but, okay, forward. so like, there's the brick pillars outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one time we were standing outside, I was talking to Mr. Dean out in the parking lot, and he he puts his hand up on the brick pillar, he goes, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Heck yeah. I'm going to make it sound that way. Yeah. And I, I was like, dink. No. And then I was like, oh. We had a brick fireplace growing up at my parents' house, and I would just stand there in front That's of that thing. That's what Dean has. Punch that brick fireplace. When I was in Japan, the uh, the big power poles, they didn't have wooden ones in the neighborhood I was in, but they had these gigantic, probably three or four foot in diameter, concrete poles. Wow. And I would just stand up there and punch that. We had concrete poles in the Force of One, and I wrapped one of them with a rope. We okay. like drilled into it uh-huh. and like tied the tied the rope through and pulled it in at the bottom and then we wrapped it it. yeah but man that was tough because it was a concrete pole wrapped in a thin hemp hemp rope it was wild but that that training like for my shins has been very beneficial i don't notice really any major problems with my hand the only thing that i notice any issues with that i think is from striking uh is my wrists like i notice that when i hit and maybe that's not from years of striking maybe that's from being like drain shearing off my tendons in a wrist lock <laughs> and being like oh i know you tapped but i'm gonna keep cranking it, well, it, i'm trying to teach a class i'm gonna need you to you know <laughs> but uh yeah it's oh but yeah i notice when i'll when i'll hit a lot my wrist that's where i feel and it's it. always that you gotta have the right technique you know and uh hitting something that's stable like a brick wall why it sounds devastating i mean if you hit really really hard it can be devastating you know you'll damage your your fist and stuff like that eventually but it teaches you how to use proper form yes now when you're hitting a person or a heavy bag that's moving around um it's easy to you know to be feeling real loose and feeling really good and if that bag is just a little bit different than what you perceived it when you hit it and you could twist your and just that little tweak of your wrist yeah. and that hurts have you ever um got heard the debate on like a hook mm-hmm. like this way or this mm-hmm. way i've i've heard i teach both i've heard both i've heard it for different reasons here but like oh you know you want to do here because if they weave um you'll you'll be fine but if they step back 
they'll hit your you can hit your pinky on their skull yeah. you know and then here it's the same thing if they weave while you're hitting you could hit their your pinky I, on your skull I punch like that every time yeah I, I do i do that and then a lot of times if, I, if i'll throw an overhand because i throw a lead over him because i'm left-handed mm-hmm. I, I will uh even from an ortho stance i do that but i and the everybody always hits this part on accident oh, a lot dude. of times but i haven't really with my lead hand i think it's because it's closer now when i i fought southpaw and sparred southpaw all the time i did jack up throw on a rear overhand from that stance but i, I don't know for me sometimes too it's a range thing like when i step back i will throw it more this way if i'm in a wider base but um yeah that thumb injury you're talking about by the way it's called gamekeeper's thumb oh why is it called that uh because back in the old medieval medieval times that's how they they would ring the the geese and the chickens is like that killing for slaughter but oh, so my doctor was wow. telling me this because i had developed that too and for the longest time i couldn't touch my roland has pad. that man he's like you know this wouldn't touch and it's you know just a lot of inflammation and now even this knuckle is totally different than this knuckle as you can oh, see. I see that yeah um and it's just one time this tendon right here the bottom one disappeared for like when i i heard it, it, it was, <laughs> you, you remember it was actually um what was that guy's name is that the karate place and there's that guy that he had a lot all the tattoos oh yeah um He's the one that killed his mom, right? No, no, no. That oh, was a, a different, different guy. Oh, different. That was a different guy. Oh, you talking about Kendrick, maybe? No, no, no. He was, he's like going to school. I think he'd like been like maybe in jail or something, but he like really turned his life around, ended up getting a college degree and doing a lot of stuff. But I cannot for the life of me remember I that guy's name. I can't, I can't even picture he, he didn't have any teeth. He had like fake false teeth. Um, but yeah, I cannot remember his name, man, but he was, a, he was, uh, we were sparring one day and he was trying to train for a fight. He wanted to fight and Caleb had a guy that he potentially was going to fight. I remember the guy that he was potentially going to fight is Jesse Wiegands. Um, but, uh, we were sparring and he was on the wall and I threw an overhand and he like ducked like this and I hit, I hit his head with my thumb and I was just like, <gasps> that's what they're talking about. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was I used rough. to always hit elbows, it seemed like, with my thumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but, just people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so is that... How did you guys spar? Did you do face contact with the fist, or did you do most Light, of the point? It was controlled sparring, and we, so we wore these cotton foam pads. That's all they were. I don't even know why we wore them, because they didn't do anything. Uh, it was probably like a two-inch cotton pad, that's all it was, around a last... That's how, like, I, a lot of... T- um, like tie matches and like i see like them training in the gym that's mm-hmm. what they wear that's all we wore um cups were optional didn't wear any headgear or any foot gear or shin pads or anything like that and it was on an uh, indoor outdoor carpet uh over that's concrete. how yeah that's how we um the very first inferno i was just talking to somebody about that yesterday i tell a story all the time of one time caleb knocked somebody out with the head case training for a fight and we had to like all swoop in and catch him before he hit the floor <laughs> you know yeah i mean and you know i mean it toughen your feet up i mean there's nothing but blood stains all over the the floor you know and yeah. just people going up and you know up and down back and forth on the floor and stances and it just did turn your feet into hamburger but yeah they'd, they'd get tough after a while yeah right for so. sure mine used used to crack open but they really don't anymore i don't know why but uh i don't know like in it, this too i used to get mat burn and i don't anymore that's interesting i still get mat burn on the tops of my feet that's where i used to de- depending get. on what we're doing but man it's been a long time yeah yeah you know, when i first started it was my knees too when i first started yeah, i remember when i first started my first couple of classes i was like oh this is not good because you know, I was like, ah, I'm gonna have to start taping my the top of my feet. You yeah, know? Corey Earls would always wear, um, which was the guy that got knocked out uh, that we had to catch. Uh, he he would always wear socks. Yeah, always. Yeah, so I, I need to be able to grip the ground with my feet. I I, I don't think I would be good at getting socks. You, do you have any of those Vibram five finger shoes? Man, I could show you my feet next time we're barefooted. And it is a five finger shoe. You're yeah. just like you're wearing one. Oh, I know, but, but I mean, they will not fit my feet. My feet are jacked. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. They ma- they make some of them that have a way more flexible toe. Um, but yeah, I could see like them not being applicable for everyone, especially because, dude, I see like Danny Dring's toes and feet. And I'm just like, 
like dude, they're all fake they all got their own thing going on man there's no uniformity <laughs> every toe is uh yeah different got a story yeah every toe's got a story yeah man that's um what style of karate did shotokan shotokan mm-hmm. okay i knew that i knew that yeah. i was what do you think about some of the other styles like uh kikshin kai uh how do you say that kyokushin yeah kyokushin kai they're awesome um very very um close to what i've seen it's very close to full contact it is yeah yeah it is i guess full contact yeah bare knuckle fighting so yeah um, did you ever cross train with any other schools or anything like that i know that you did and i did yeah but not here in town i mean there was some dojo storming that went on back in the day back you know especially from the stories i heard from the 80s you know it was real big so there was a lot of bad blood uh between the schools and fresno and fresno's a big town you know yeah a million people or whatever um and so there's a lot of a lot of martial arts schools and we we're always known as being the top dogs you know and uh pretty proud of that fact you know yeah that is um it's that back to that book of five rings he talks about all these other schools but he's like but i'm not going to tell you the names of those schools <laughs> because who cares like yeah. everybody can have their but I, I you know like i used to be real concerned with like what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. and i've almost had like because we because we went through that right sure. like we've been like just what you just talked about been through all that and now i'm just like oh man whatever i don't i don't really care what everybody else is doing i'm over here trying to learn sword fighting with this orthopedic surgeon right yeah. i mean it's just like i'm i'm really only concerned with what we're doing anymore you know well, and that's it, healthy i think i think know? it is too i i, I but i also think that you kind of had to arrive at that you do it, it comes with you know time and experience and confidence you know um same with me back you know exploring other schools like how do i know that we're good how do i know that i'm in a, the right place you know i mean I, th- I feel like we're tough but are we so you know went and checked out some of the other tough schools in town and realized okay yeah everything that people say is true yeah and then uh when they find out where i trained they wasn't really welcome there anymore just to come even and watch they didn't like that so yeah isn't that that's weird like so for example like i was kind of indoctrinated to be that way mm-hmm. or whatever and they've really just had a a total like if any and i'm real open with people coming but like we actually had a couple of people come from the other gym in town the other day the guy hit me up and was like hey i just want to come in do you guys open mat i'm i've been considering like training there but like my contract's up over here and mm-hmm. i was like we don't do contracts <laughs> uh, but yeah man if you want to come in and roll come in and roll nice. i don't care like has he been in the role he, yeah and he brought another guy oh, and good. it's just like we're just nice to him and, and, and i just told him i was like man my, my only problem with that other business is that the owner of it yeah. got on facebook and said talk some trash about me personally call me a fraud and i was like I didn't do anything about it. I didn't do a cease and desist with my yeah. attorney or anything, even though that like people around me strongly were suggesting mm-hmm. that I, I do that. So it would never happen again. But I was like, man, I was just like, we're, we don't need any of that. Like, it's like, I have like too many members here. Really? Yeah. I mean, you think about it, you know, your actions speak louder than words. And it's just in that interaction with what was posted and, and your reaction to that speaks volumes yeah for you and against the other person so i mean that's all you need it really is man i i just i just want to avoid that kind of confrontation well you know you're doing a good job just man if you put out a a good product it speaks for itself it does you you don't need to what do you i mean what do you think about like that because i've been like super talking to a lot of people about like the whole like we don't we don't cross train these people because they're in the same time like dude honestly if that guy was a nice decent human being that you know didn't have problems with me and i didn't have problems like it would benefit the whole community it it would man and i just um and then there i guess there is this like a little conflict of interest in terms of business like well who's going to pay a membership where or whatever but it's like honestly looking at things in those terms is not what made me successful exactly like Cor and I have never been like money groveling. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can describe it. I know a lot of people oh, that yeah. are money groveling, uh-huh. and 
at different times that we've done, we've made certain business decisions and then reversed them because they just weren't in line and done them for two, three years. They just weren't in line with our principles. And you realize that you're trying to sell something and nobody's buying it. And the real reason is probably because you don't believe in what you're selling. Yeah. Or it's just, it's too obvious that this is to make money. Yes. I hate that, man. And I hate, um, I hate the, like, the facade of, uh, like, I, Hey dude, like, I don't know. Just like, like for you and I, for example, we had lunch the other day. You're on my podcast today. You're doing this. It's, I, I like things like that. I don't like, Oh yeah. Bobby's a paying member at the gym and yeah. that's it. Right. You know? And I believe that like, I can't have everybody on my podcast or whatever. Sure. I can't, no, I, I can't yeah, go eat I lunch with everybody. Right. But really like, honestly, I don't like, most of the people that are students in my classes that in the adult programs, mm-hmm. I would go do any of that with yeah. so many people like Myrick, Brad, McMillan, mm-hmm. you, Hausnick, like Jeff Woods. So many people have been like, but it's that same thing. Gone, eat lunch with them, been on the pot, whatever it is. Right. But ah, man, it's like some people are like anti that, like don't fraternize with your members. They're, they're a source of it. And I just do, I can't deduce everybody down to revenue stream no you i think you're doing everything the right way you, you, yeah. you've got a Dude, successful business i just just want to get better at it you know what i'm saying well, yeah and I, you are Don't, i wouldn't change a thing well yeah it's a, it's it's good to hear that you know because you know? like all we really want and like a lot of things it's like did you i don't know if you noticed the other night at the potluck but like there were cars parked all the way to uh, parkway oh, on yeah, both sides I of the know. road and I, it's just like the move is about like better customer service Mm -hmm. you know like everybody that comes in there is like when i walk in there it stresses me out like if i walk in there like five o'clock i'm like there's so (laughs) many people here they all want to talk to me like it's you know and i want to talk to them too but it is like spreading it out more it's going to be it is and and people need to know their role in the the relationship as well you know um, not everyone can be your best friend, you know, and like they, not everybody can walk in and, and just, yeah. You know, jump in, into your, yeah. Boundaries are important sure. for and, everybody. And it's so much easier when people can recognize those on their own and not have to be coached around those things, you know? Yes. Um, and that's tough. You know, I've, I've been in a position where, you know, you go drinking with your boss on Friday and then you know you come to work on Monday and people don't respect them because you went drinking with them, you know. Yeah. And so you have to be that kind of person that that knows how to be a good employee as well. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, you know? there's like, a big the it, the social balance. Like, what's yeah. a norm? Like, what's a norm around here versus where right. you've been all over the world? Right. And then so if you take someone and and give them the, a little bit of that inside, you know, behind the curtain type picture. Are they going to abuse it now? Are they are they going to think that they're part of this inner circle that they can do what they want to do? And it's like, yeah, I mean, we've been quote unquote burned a few times. For, I hate that. See, for just being too yeah. open with people and allowing them in, it makes you paranoid. Yeah, I you know, it, it it does when you do a lot for somebody and you don't even necessarily respect anything in return, but you get taken from. Sure, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a one way like. Um, oh hey I know you did this for me but I'm gonna need more and more and more or whatever it is like it's like who are these people's parents yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah, me either man honestly because it's so weird because like you I think that too it's like okay like my dad was super strict for example mm-hmm. super strict and it's like that produced i'm i'm here like definitively convinced after talking to professionals about it that produced more problems than good not saying that that you shouldn't be strict again you got to have boundaries but it's like in some of those ways not to get into like childhood traumatic experiences or anything but it's like no that was a negative result i know you're going for a positive result there but really overall we got this issue like 25 years later because of that yeah you know so it's it's weird because it's like that's with everything it's like how do you set boundaries what's what what is good parenting like how many changes have you made from like your boys 
to your infants. I'm trying to be present more. That's my biggest thing. You know, you were jumping out of helicopters. Before. Yeah, yeah. So like with my two oldest, I was gone. Like you know, Blake, I missed his first steps because I was out fighting fire somewhere. You know, and and just always being tied to that cell phone where you can get a call in the middle of the night, and it's like you don't know where you're going, but you know you're going to be gone for at least a couple of weeks. That's crazy. It's crazy. Did you just make good money doing that, or made good money and had a lot of friends? It was. Did you like it? I loved it. What did but, you do? You just. I know. All I know well, is you was, jumped out of helicopters well, and stuff. I was part of a hotshot crew before that, and so um, with the hotshots, you know, we just travel the country fighting fires. Uh, are there a lot? Like right now, there's so many wildfires oh, yeah. in California. Like, it, was it like that? Is that an annual thing? It's an annual thing. It has gotten worse though with with uh, climate change, and we're yeah. seeing we're seeing more extreme weather. You know, I mean, more, more and more severe hurricanes and tornadoes than we had 20 years ago. Um, same with drought. Same with wildfire. Do you study that in your job with Game and Fish or, well, I work or, for the, or the Forestry Service, service yeah. rather? Uh, sorry. No, I don't really study. It's just it's, it's things you pick up, you know, like I've hung out with the fire ecologists and stuff and and just experience. You see it. Yeah. You know, um, but and it, it got to. At first, it was really exciting. And then after that, it was just a job like anything else. You know, other people might still see it as exciting, but. You know, is that what you, do you think that's what jacked up your hip? You had to have yeah, your hip replaced? Sure. Jumping, like doing so. the jumps? Yeah, I had, I had a, a, a bad jump one time, bad rappel, and landed right on that left hip. Oh, man. And, like uh, like going down sideways or. Yeah. Or so, did, like, what, did your feet hit or did your actual hip hit? My actual hip hit. Yeah. So <sighs> if my feet did hit, it was just didn't even slow the fall because you know oh, when you're going from rough, that from that dude. distance when you're repelling um you really got to keep checking that break but the more you do that especially because you want to get out of that ship fast as well mm -hmm. you're just you're a dope on a rope you know um but man it burns that crap out of your hand yeah and did so, you ever wear like a fingerless glove or something like that not fingerless or, you or, want fingerless, or an actual yeah, glove you have to wear yeah you have to work it still you, burned you, your yeah, hand if you didn't wear gloves there'd be no way you it just, still burned your hand oh, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh dude. so that's wild yeah. um did you did you uh so like you basically just repel out into a fire well you're not into or, the but fire, like but i mean close enough where we can hike to it because how what, you know what, what they use these helicopter crews and smoke jumpers for is you know remote fires usually lightning fires um out in the middle of nowhere and if yeah. you can get folks on them before they get big you can kind of get a hand on them um and so you still have reinforcements coming, but it's going to take them hours and sometimes days to get to them, um, where we can get to them really quick. What, what like fires like that, like mm -hmm. wildfires, lightning fires. I mean, you, I've always heard my whole life, like most, most fires are man-made, right? Like, or, or man caused in some way, like, but there are things like lightning fires. Like, what do you think the balance of that is? Oh, I think there's probably more, um, I think the catastrophic fires are probably more human caused um, just because of where they're intentionally set. But as far as natural or as far as actual fire starts, there's more um, natural, mm -hmm. you know, lightning fires, I think are more numerous than human caused fires. Yeah. That's uh, when you said that, are, like, I mean, I've thought about it before, but mm -hmm. it's like, Oh wow. That's not a lot you can do about that. Really? No, you can't. I mean, yeah. it's wild. Yeah, it is wild. You know, there's, been you know the last force i worked on you know we had one july where we had over 100 strikes in a night oh my you know? gosh how long have you been, uh, how long has it been since you did that um my last season on a helicopter was in 2007 um, okay and, and i was in the hot shots from 2003 four part of five so about three seasons there um on a hot shot crew um and i've been a wildland firefighter you know, ever since. What year did you get your uh, hip replaced? 2015. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, it's been a rough life with, you know, martial arts and. Yeah. Well, I got one of those. They used to be called a flex master. Chuck Norris used to advertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd sit there. In front Bill Wallace of, too, right? Yeah, in front of the TV, and I'd crank that thing out as far as I could. Hit my hit my rock and watch TV and I would sit there for an hour. It's a good life, man. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Oh man. That's a, but, but I mean, how many people like, I, I know that that probably maybe had something to do with your hip, just like jumping that, out of the helicopter, I, but you know, wrecked a couple of vehicles, wrecked the motor, wrecked two motorcycles. Oof. Um, 
Yeah, a lot but, of people have died, uh, like one of the Almond Brothers, and yeah, just like right. just at, at low speed motorcycle yeah, crash. That's either. why I won't have a bike again. My wife, you know, she used to ride, and she talks about getting a bike again. I'm like, well, if you get one, I'm not going to get one. I'm not going to ride it. Yeah, I, 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 I got to be around for my kids. I don't like it. taking risk like that, man. Me like, I've I, become I, more risk averse the older I've gotten. When do you think that? Should, do you think that is your kids, or what do you think that kids. is? It's my kids. I think it's my age, and I think I know that uh, things hurt more than they used to. Uh, my body takes a lot longer to heal than it used to. Um, before, I mean, it was nothing for me to jump out of the bed of a pickup truck. Now I watch people do that, and I cringe because it hurts my knees and ankles just to watch yeah. other people do that. And we're talking about jumping out of a a bed that's maybe three or four foot off the ground. Isn't it like you know some some people that are around my age? I talk to them about this because it's not like I'm like decrepit or anything. Mm-hmm. But I talk to a lot of people, and I have a lot of students of varying age groups, and I've done martial arts for a long time. But it's like it is this weird payoff of all the stuff we're talking about. <laughs> Your skill gets better, but your body yeah, goes yeah. downhill, and it's. It's, it, a, it's just a cruel paradox. It's a, yeah, it is. It is a paradox. Yeah. It's a weird payoff. Yep. It's a, an exchange of, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to have these abilities and these mindsets and these strategies, but this is the cost. Yeah. And, and maybe, but it, at the same time, it's like, Dring always says this, and I totally agree. It's like, how many, how many martial artists did you see in the waiting room when you were getting your hip checked out? None. Exactly, <laughs> man. But but probably people there being like, man, I got to get my hip replaced too. Yeah. And they're all a couple of decades older than me, but. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy talking to Roland, uh, who's an orthopedic surgeon, mm-hmm. about almost all the time it's somebody falls and breaks a hip. As yeah. an old person, they just fall. And I've talked like my grandma is. Oh, I can't. Uh, she may be in her 80s, early 80s now. But she, um, well, let's see, she born in probably 45. Okay. How old would that be? 45, 50, 15. She's, uh, she's, pushing, uh, 80. she's pushing 80, yeah. right? But she gets around a lot worse than you, she used to. She oh, has yeah. cataracts and she falls. Mm-hmm. And she has not um, broken anything. But she's the other day, she's like, yeah, I fell going down the stairs and and mm. like there's these stairs that go down into this lower portion of my mom and dad's house and she will go outside and walk around the concrete uh, path mm-hmm. and then go across the deck and then up the wheelchair ramp versus going down three steps because it's just mm. but man to know that that is like the reality of that, a lot of that's people are going to be a lot of people's future that's just that's yeah. reality. I mean I don't know there's you know, on the other hand, there's people in their 90s that are still running. Chuck Norris, for example. Yeah, I mean, that dude's in great shape, but he's had awesome. both his hips replaced, yeah. let's be real. So has Bill Wallace. Yeah, and my <laughs> other one's going to get replaced before too long. And Has it been bothering you subtly? Yeah, no, actually, knock on wood, it's been pretty good. Um, but every once in a while, like a few weeks, maybe a month or two ago, my other hip right started when, Right when the weather started like, onsetting? Maybe. Or? You know, I haven't found that correlation yet, but people talk about it so i imagine there's truth i notice it man i get like a weird uh a weird it's almost like a barrier that i break through each winter but this winter's been super mild but man when it gets cold outside it's it's weird i get sort of a seasonal depression Mm -hmm. of and i notice such an increase in my energy and attitude hit about march but like October through I don't know what it is man like I, I a lot of people report about it and it's just like that this this six month swath of the year I try and do more physically mentally like this year I'm like supplementing more than ever for my immune system and just in general I'm exercising more than ever to just combat it and I think that I think it's working but man it's just weird being cold it's cold not getting outside as much it's been nice the last few days here, right but uh not getting to do those things and how it can affect your uh your attitude the length of the days mm-hmm. well being, i think it's it's cyclical like anything you know we all go through it at different periods in our life and just like you know winter gives way to summer you know your attitude gives way from happiness to gloominess you know and it's it's so weird to grapple with those things like i I just the other day i was like what causes anger 
Like sometimes I just wake up and I'm not happy. Dude, I'm the same way. Like, like this morning, as a matter of fact, I woke up and I was like, I just not in a good mood. I don't. And I was like, well, I thought about this thing when I first got up. It was, it was negative, you know, like did that start me down this path? But it's just like, it's such a weird thing that we all have that Mm -hmm. in us and that it is, it is a focused conscious effort to combat it. It is. Yeah. In order to combat it, you have to focus on it and be like, why am I feeling like this? talking about it right now i think is uh it's therapeutic for sure getting it out into the narrative and letting i think too more people know that it's like hey yeah a lot of people pretty, struggle pretty with that normal yeah yeah exactly and and a lot of people like to say like well what is normal and it's like there are shared things about the human experience oh yeah and i think that if we will talk about them more we can get past them it individually at a faster rate just through awareness you know that's true and you know we're more aware now than we've ever been it, it, it we we definitely are it's it's pretty mind-blowing about how like i was i've been reading this book about the dark web listening to a book mm-hmm. about the dark web rather but it's mind-blowing about how in some countries information is controlled for the means of keeping you from being aware. Oh, and it's true. That that blows my mind. Um, so, did you just, you ended up in Japan because you were in military? No, actually, it was through school. Really? Yep. Okay. Through to- college, I was taking Japanese classes. Well, so, my love for all things Japan came from me training in uh, karate, right? So, um, we had customs, you know, we bow. Why do we bow? Why do we say, oh, so why do we... You know, I know that we're counting in Japanese, you know, and so I just became really fascinated with it. So um, I started taking Japanese classes at university um, and I applied for this program. My instructors thought, hey, you know, write this essay. What uh, university? It was through actually Fresno City College, but uh, it was a, um, the university that funded this trip was Foothill University, which was a feeder school to Stanford. So, wow, dude. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool, you know. That's like, great. I had no idea you yeah, had, so you had that pipeline. Met with this professor who was like fluent in seven different languages, you know. That's, so, I'm jealous about it. Yeah. I should have, I should have, as a historian, I'm like, I've hamstringed myself that I haven't, I mean, I, I know like 300 Japanese words, mm-hmm. but there's no talking to you in Japanese. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. Hara, Hiji, <laughs> you know, like yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, in fact, I, I love foreign language. I love foreign culture. Can you do you speak fluently any other languages, or can, could you talk with somebody? Th- yeah, my Japanese used to be really a lot better than it is now. Um, that was a, a common misconception that I had, and I think a lot of Americans have: is that oh, people speak English everywhere. Well, when I got off the plane in Narita, in Japan, everything is in Japanese. I'm like, oh, this is kicking the balls. I, I don't know how to get to where I need to go. I was by myself. Um, I got there a couple weeks early um, so I could train at our homebu dojo. Um, and so started asking people questions and if you don't ask them, they're just going to keep them walking. You know, I mean, it was like ants. You know, everybody's just doing, you know, going about their own you know, task. So if you don't uh, approach the right person and, and ask them the right way, the right things in the right way, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, people don't just speak English everywhere you go. Did you find a lot of people that could communicate with you? Or did you just have to start um, to learn how to communicate with them? I really opened up and started, you know, I was kind of shy to use my language skills outside the classroom. Um, and that's to native speakers anyway. How old were you when you did this? 27. Wow. Yes, I wasn't a kid. I was the oldest person. And, you know. Oh, man, what a crazy thing. Like, And what did you do? How long were you there? Four months. Okay. Yeah, I lived with three different host families, you know. Did you go back and forth after that? Never did. Always wanted to. Um, Maintained some semblance of of keeping in touch for a couple of years. Then after that, I'm just not good at keeping in touch. I've got great friends all over the world and all over back home that I just, I don't talk to. But whenever we do reconnect, it's like we never missed a beat, you know. Yeah. yeah, and there's so many more ways to reconnect than ever. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. to shoot your yeah, Facebook no, message. That's true. And uh, unfortunately, I you know I didn't keep that connection going through the 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 Facebook times. Otherwise, I could probably still talk to those people back there. 
what were uh did you see a bunch of differences in like the dojo you were training at in japan versus no i didn't that's awesome what was they thought i was sandbagging because when i went there i think i was a one or two tip brown belt and everybody thought that i was at least a black belt if not more what do you, what is your rank now do you like first second third degree i'm a second don. second second yeah. don. um and i let that go uh when i moved here i tried opening my own shotokan school because there wasn't a shotokan school here in russellville and so i opened one when i moved to mountain view um didn't get reaffiliated with those guys or anything like that because it was a kind of a money grab you know you have to be it's one of those unfortunate things you know but, it is it's but, weird uh, um yeah, so second Don was as far as I've made it in Shotokan. And now, this is, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is so much more live and so much more real. Because um, even after I've left, you know, Shotokan has gotten, or the school that I went to has kind of gotten watered down. There, there were a lot more protective gear and a lot more controlled sparring, you know. I mean, in a lot of ways, I get it. You know, people need to make money. And you can't be making money if you're getting sued because people are getting hurt in your school. But, when, you know, when I came up, getting hurt was just you know par for the course it was natural you expected it yeah yeah i mean like really my first 10 years of <clears throat> like sparring mm -hmm. contact and stuff yeah. was was rough in that oh, regard yeah. it, it was yep. just it, uh, no no real regard for safety no i mean some and really any revisions i've made have just been through research or i would say we spar less but we do uh, like in striking we do more drilling like uh we do in jiu-jitsu like like say um sparring type drills like mm -hmm. oh yeah jab i parry your jab sure jab cross your parry and block and my jab cross versus right. like mitt and we do mitt work i just try to do everything man and honestly what we need to do more of in boxing and kickboxing both are and i see this in traditional martial arts a lot and core is good about doing it with the kids but just focusing on those single strikes more like hey we're just doing just single sidekicks today this and then, oh yeah we'll talk about how setting it up when we start doing sparring strategy mm -hmm. here, here in a little sure. bit but just taking time each class and that's something for 2020 i'm gonna as an instructor try and do better is just like look we're gonna have a time most classes where if it's at the end or whatever where we're, it, it's so easy to just get in a habit of like we're gonna do these combos or we're gonna do this strategy where we throw a one two and we get interrupted with a one we're gonna do this this and that mm -hmm. whereas it's like you don't and i'm always big on developing the jab but it's just like sometimes we don't spend enough time developing our round kick or for what it is you know sure. and not it's not a jab cross hook round kick all the time right right sometimes i check and then i throw my mm -hmm. And it's not that all the time either. Sometimes I just need to do just the round kick by and like, oh man, I'm not doing this correctly, you know. But if you ever want to come show us any kicks, you totally should. I, I, I we talked about that at McCouch. I told me, no, I was like, bro, you can get Bobby to show some stuff in the mornings. He told me I'll have to just stop, you know, bust out my foot sweeps because I'm not. They, oh, we talked anymore. about that. Yeah, I'd rather sweep. But well, any of that, man. Honestly, don't don't let it go to waste. But no, feel free to I, I, feel I free to share it. if you want to you know what i'm saying oh, yeah, because sure. we i i want to do more of that it's like brent teaches one of the nogi classes woods teaching the noon class and man it is i think super positive to get those varying perspectives mm -hmm. and it's like as i have stopped teaching i'm I'm about doing this eight to twelve year old. I just want to stay having my hand on the pulse of all the different groups as much as i can well, you've got the right people in the right spots, man. At least I, I can only speak for noon jiu-jitsu, but, man, Woods is tearing it up. Dude, you know, I was rolling with Shatana yesterday, mm -hmm. and she's, like, I rolled with her twice recently, and I'm just, like, I just, like, both times, it's like, man, I'm so proud of Jeff Woods <laughs> making this person good like this. Because she awesome. really hadn't done a lot of my classes. Uh -huh. I mean, and, yeah, Dylan, like, and they do stuff at home, and it's a family, and she's uh, experienced. They all come, and she helps out with some of the kids' classes. But, man, she's good you That's know awesome. like she she uh, nate and i remember one time we rolled for like a i didn't like an hour mm -hmm. you know we we're in the gym like it was over christmas at like this time of year and i remember we like drove to the movies i think it was just two years ago and he went to see star wars with us then too and i remarked when we left because we'd done it was just like one of the greatest times rolling i was like dude imagine some people are never going to move their bodies that way yeah like they'll never experience like what we just did 
and how like artistic and beautiful it was and and expressive and and creative because we were just in there just exchanging moving rolling no time and i was like like, but then i also thought that was shatana yesterday because i always think back to that remark and i'm just like yeah shatana like she never would have man that's cool she never would have moved in that way is her body never would have known and there's i i think there's value in that like uh, the physical expression of being able to move in ways that are unique to the arts that we train any of them we talked about so a lot of people will never experience that like you said it's a shame it is it is it's 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 a tragedy all the people that you know i work with i'm like and they ask questions but every time i invite people it's like i don't know so so many people are so i don't know if it's misconceptions it's many things misconceptions fear um confidence self-worth issues i mean it it, so many things of failing in front of a crowd being the dumbest person in the room i mean it it is very psychological i'm all of those things you know yeah me too (laughs) do i just do it scared like i I remember um, scared for colby a shirt that says that yeah but for colby man i was just like dude yeah it's i remember when he got like uh his first two tips on his belt or something mm. i think i was just like yeah this is great man but the the there's a big step but the biggest step is when you you came to class yeah when absolutely. you when you came to the gym yeah. and he like so for example like i own the gym and for him coming in like he didn't really do anything in society like didn't go to gym membership anything like that so when he started coming in it was like first he did privates with me that's how I got him got him hooked. Mm-hmm. Then he would come to classes and I would drill with him. That was saying I would teach class. Even if I taught class, I would be his joint partner. Then I started pawning him off on other people. <laughs> but then one time Cora and I were out of town on like a Wednesday night or something or a Thursday night or something. And he went to class when I wasn't there. And then I knew that that was like a big that, that step, was a big that, that's step, the step yeah. but and then and then it's like oh then he got a couple of tips on his belt and then he got a couple more tips on his belt but it's like the growth is not just been in his jiu-jitsu technique you know and as soon as he stops squeezing on his submission so hard i give him a blue belt <laughs> if he hears this i don't know if he will but um well that, it's true you know you take that for granted i mean because we walked in the door a long long time ago and and never walked out. Um, yeah, what brings people through the door? It's hard. It's intimidating. It is, man. I mean, I, you know, looking back now, if, if I had to do it, yeah, it's rough, dude. It is. Dude, and I, I think it's rough just because of, like I mentioned earlier, for some people, it's their social hour. And there's mm-hmm. so much socializing that goes on in mm-hmm. one way or another that, like, man, some people are just like, even people in our adult jiu-jitsu program, they don't want to bullshit small talk with you. And it's very uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And to, and just like, so like as an instructor, I try and like know who doesn't want to bullshit small talk and who wants to have a real conversation. Right. And who, and and if people want to small talk with me, I'm just like, I am a bullshitter, man. Me too. I'm bullshit with I'll anybody. Bullshit with Dude, anybody. I run a podcast. You want to come record us bullshitting? Like, it, but, you know, it's so strange. Like, I'm also a shy person. Uh, you know, I'm very introverted. Um, yeah, it's hard to figure me out. I, haven't it, figured I know, out. dude. Should we, is there even, like, I, I really don't do things, and I, I need to get better about being in schedule, but, like, the, the coffee place over, I'll go through, like, uh, on more, in Moralton on campus, I'll go mm-hmm. through, like, a six-week period where I hit them up at the same time, and I switch it up entirely, and they're like, <laughs> dude, we cannot figure you out. Like, you didn't even come in last week, and I was like, yeah, you know, I did something different last week. <laughs> but, like, honestly, like, my life is chaos like that. I don't want to be in these patterns. See, but I I've like had to routine. get in more patterns, yeah. just like just like exercising at same areas or whatever it is, you know, or just being sure mm-hmm. I get my exercise, yeah. and physical conditioning and rolls and put yourself first. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, let's uh, let's wrap it up, man. Okay. I, I really, um, I, I'm. You want to go? The, are you got anything going on? You want to go to the gym? Man, I would love to, but you got stuff, dude. Enjoy your time off, bro. I I am. I, I enjoy Do my it. time off. Um, but sometimes it's nice to get back to work so I can start training again. Yeah. Um, thankful for my wife and kids more than anything else in the world. Um, 
but I just, you know, I, I don't like taking anything, any time away from them. Hey, dude, um, that is like yeah. no explanation needed. Like I, I'm taking the same stance and like there are people in my yeah. life that are resentful that I don't want to come hang out with them in my free time. And I'm just like, no, my free time is going to be spent like doing this. It's like, yeah. if you want to hang out, like maybe I could make some time for you to come over and be on the podcast sure. or something. But it's like Cora is the same way, man. It's just like we we do socialize a lot at the gym and mm-hmm. I got this podcast. And But if I can, it's weird the gratitude I have coming home at night sometimes, especially no, the, awesome. when it's been cold. I'm just like, man, I'm, I've never thought this before, really. I just like, but coming into my own house when it's cold outside at night after working like 12 hours, I'm like so grateful that I have a warm house. Yeah. Is that a weird, I, I hear people say stuff like that, but I just for the first time thought that. I was just like, damn, it's super cold outside. I'm, I'm super grateful that I have. You know what you're going to love even more is coming home to a baby that just looks at you <laughs> and lights up man it's gonna change your world dude. dude i know i will say like i i've talked recently a, a couple of friends have had their first kid and i've talked to him before and after of like trying to get them to convey to me on some level the shift in consciousness that they had it's huge yeah i can only you've been through it what four times now yeah, dude yeah <laughs> right on bro yeah it must be you must like it so i do i love every aspect of it i mean it's not easy and it's not all rainbows and butterflies every day but dude i wouldn't change well it and that's time. man part of the part of that scheduling and boundaries and logistics and patterns is is preparing for that part yeah. of life it's yeah, like that's, that's honestly um it's just weird anytime you have a schedule like just being off work right now the first three days, I was like a mental wreck. I'm like, what do you mean? I just don't go to Moralty? <laughs> like, what do I do with my life? I, I, I literally, it's weird. It is weird. Like, the first three days, I had to adjust to being out of that. So, that tells me patterns are important. Yes. And if you change them drastically, but and then also it takes, um, you have to implement it. You have to implement and like just like I've implemented exercising back into my routine. It it took a while. Yeah. Now it's there. Awesome. I go on the certain days and yeah. times. I go whenever to those times, and I, I'm focused. Make more conscious effort to roll more. It just it's so easy to not do that stuff, man. Yeah. So, well, bro, thank you so much for taking Ryan, the time, yeah, man. I uh, really appreciate you. And uh, anytime you want to come. Uh, so show some foot sweeps in my kickboxing class think, absolutely th- think about it if you want yeah. to dust out the, the old notes <laughs> or whatever man yeah. all right well sign off bobby appreciate okay. you man thank you brian appreciate it